0: A focus summary of Act 1, Scenes 1-5 through of The Romantics by Edmund Rostand. Scene 1. The curtain opens on two estates separated by an old moss-grown wall. Seated on top of the wall is Personae, reading aloud from Romeo and Juliet to Sylvette, who stands up on a bench on her side, leaning her elbows on the wall and listening in rapt attention. In the midst of Percinet's rapturous recitation, Sylvette shushes him, thinking she has heard someone approach. He teases her for her skittishness and goes on with Romeo's declaration that he would allow himself to be taken and put to death if Juliet willed it so. These words make Sylvette sad, so Percinet says he will close the book and assume the role of romancer in reality. Sylvette coyly assures him that the play is not as beautiful as his voice when he reads it. When Sylvette then laments the terrible fate of the play's unhappy lovers, Percinet reads in her eyes that she is relating it to their own lot. Their fathers despise each other. Hers has made her promise that she will be foe of all Percinet's race. His has made him swear he will always hate Sylvette. And yet, Percinet says, He loves her, and he begs her for a kiss. At first, she feebly protests his advances, but moments later, she avows her love and marvels how quickly it came on. They wonder at how destiny has brought them together. She just happened to be gathering nuts by the wall. He just happened to be reading Shakespeare. And they decide they must marry. Sylvette suggests that perhaps their love will heal their father's hate, but Personae is skeptical. So Sylvette giddily conceives of some ways by which their fathers might be reconciled. A prince might pass their house, hear the tale of their hapless love, and command the fathers to be friends. Percinet might fall ill, get his heart-sick father to grant him anything he desires, ask for Sylvette, then recover his health, and her. Some duke mad with love might try to kidnap her. Percinet would come to her rescue, and her father, seeing his valour, would award him with her hand. Sylvette's flights of fancy are cut short by the sound of someone coming. She disappears behind the wall, and Personet leaps down from it. Scene 2 It is Bergamon, Personet's father, and when he questions Personet about why he is always mooning in that corner of the park, Personet confesses his adoration of... the wall. His raptures about the ivy that garlands it, the flowers that star it, the moss that clings to it like velvet, its lovely eyes impearled with drops of dew, are interrupted by Bergamon, recalling him to reality. Walls got no eyes. Bergamon calls Percinet an ass and blames his silly romanticism on the plays he reads in verse, while Sylvette, on her side, sighs over his great soul. Bergamon says that walls are supposed to be strong, not pretty and his resolution that he will fortify this one with bits of broken bottles elicits a little gasp from Sylvette. Bergamon tells Percinet to check that no one is listening on the other side of the wall, and then he sits him down for a chat. Personet peeks over the wall, whispers sweet nothings to Sylvette, then returns to assure Bergamon there is no one. Bergamon says he has found a wife for Personet, and when Sylvette lets out a little squeal, Percinet insists it was just a wounded bird. Percinet avows he will never agree to this marriage of reason. His father calls him daft and jabs at him with his cane, while Percinet dances around, dodging it, and poetizing about how his marriage will be madly, royally romantic. He runs off with Bergamon chasing after him. Scene 3. Angry about the arranged marriage— Sylvette is mumbling to herself about how she now shares her father's hatred for Bergamon when her father, Pascano, approaches. He asks her what she is doing near the wall and reminds her she has been forbidden to approach it. He resolves to fortify it with iron spikes and tells her, meanwhile, to get away from the wall. Sylvette goes out as he watches, satisfied. Scene 4 Pascano then runs to the wall, climbs up on it, and calls out to Bergamon, who runs toward it and climbs up too; and when the two mortal enemies meet, they embrace and begin asking after each other's ailments. Bergamon then announces that the plan was a success, the match between their children has been made. They knew that if they cooked up a feud, made their love forbidden, and forced them to pursue their love in secret, These starry-eyed romantics, chock-full of poetry, were sure to fall for each other. Pascano warns that they must be careful not to give their game away by consenting to the marriage too quick. They need a pretext for approving of the union. Bergman says he has a plan, inspired by something he heard Sylvette say. They will stage the kidnapping of Sylvette, set the scene so that Personae can be her rescuer, then give their blessing and gratitude to him for his heroism. Pascano calls the plan genius. Then, in comes Straffarel, whom Bergamon had solicited to play the part of kidnapper. Scene 5. Straffarel, in a grand bandit costume, makes his entrance majestically. Bergamon says they wish to stage an abduction, and stresses that the fencing must be fake because he doesn't want his only son wounded. Straffarel assures him that he will handle the duel himself, and it will be well done. Then, in a presentation with Panache, he lays out an elaborate menu of abduction styles. By day or by night, with coach, post, or top chaise, in a bag or a boat, by storm or by torchlight, masked or set to music. Dazzled, Bergamon declares that they ought to have a little of each, never mind how much it costs. Straffarel says it will be done. He reminds them to leave the gate unlocked and oil the hinges, and he will be back to give them an abduction of the highest class with extras.